Welcome to episode 31 of Monday State of Mind. My name is Michael Arnold, and I am the Director of Alumni and Recovery Support Services for the Harmony Foundation. We are in the last week of November, meaning there's only one month left of 2020. And I don't know about you guys, I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, this has been a really great year as far as honestly, and I can say great because there's been a lot of growth, personal growth that has happened. And honestly, this has been the year that I was able to create Monday State of Mind. There still is some good that I see that has come out of 2020. And so with that being said, I'm really excited again about this topic that we're talking about for November. And this is our last episode on this topic. And I have an amazing guest for you today to wrap this theme up of feeling your feelings, right? This guest, he is amazing. And what I'm loving about this theme for all of you, and I hope you guys are really getting a lot out of it, is I'm really loving having really strong personalities coming on to share about this topic because I do feel that there's something to be said for certain demographics of people in this world where people feel like if you are in this demographic or you look a certain way or you work a certain job, that feelings do not exist, that you can't feel, that you just got to shove it away. And if there's anything I know to be true is that this guest, he fits that mold of that person. You look at that person, like I just said, and you're like, yep, that person doesn't feel, they just put it away. They put on that strong face every day because they have to, right? And this demographic, you know, I, I, I refer to it as like those really strong, big, tough males that have the jobs on whether they're doctors or lawyers or they're on the police force. There is something to be said. They get that, that judgment of like, oh, like they have to show up and be tough and nothing phases them, right? I know a lot of you listening to this can, can totally understand what I'm talking about. And so I think it's really important to have somebody that fits this demographic to come on here and share his journey through feelings and what happened when he didn't feel and what has happened for him now that he's able to talk about this stuff. Because again, I want to tell you guys, I understand that this can be a really tough topic to talk about and it can be sensitive and you feel weak and you feel like a wimp. And I know that this gentleman who's going to introduce himself here in a minute will, will tell you guys that you're anything but weak and or a wimp when it comes to feelings. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and let this amazing human being introduce himself to the world. So who do I have with me today? Well, thank you, Michael, for such a wonderful introduction. My name is Craig Kloppenberg, lifetime resident of Colorado and a recent alum from uh, Harmony. I uh, attended Harmony in uh, March 11th is my sobriety date of 2020. And here we are eight months later. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here with you. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so happy you're here. And so Craig, I, t- I told you that guys, I told Craig, I was like, we're talking about feelings. I'm coming for you. <laughs> and so Craig, can you just describe a little bit for our audience, your history with feelings pre-sobriety or pre-choosing to feel them or acknowledge them, what was it like for you? So 
at a very young age, as, as soon as I turned 21, I, I became a police officer, uh, deputy sheriff in Durango, Colorado, and proceeded to work there for a couple of years and then moved to Littleton, Colorado in uh, 95 and then spent the, uh, the next 18 years um, with Littleton Police Department as a police officer and did pretty much every assignment under the sun, um, whether I was a SWAT officer for 10 years, I was a training instructor for, for most of my career, taught at the police academy, um, taught arrest control, taught how, you know, firearms, did undercover work for a couple of years. You know, even at that time, you know, I don't know if it's a generational thing, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later, but certainly in law enforcement or that first responder position, uh, you're not, you really can't have feelings or, or that's the assumption is that you can't have feelings and that you go to a call and regardless of what the call is, you know, everybody has a job and, and, and a task and you go and you do that task and then you, you have to move on to the next task. Well, law enforcement's no different that you may have to go and investigate a, uh, an unattended death as soon as you finish that call, your day's not over. You still have to finish your shift. So you have to pack that away and move on to the next call. That's the thing that, that uh, now that I've been out of that career for about 10 years, a lot of those things that I packed away started flourishing within my mind and not having those feelings and not recognizing those feelings, not having the tools to adequately deal with those feelings caused me to really rely on alternative substance, that being alcohol, to basically squash those feelings so I didn't feel them. <laughs> I, I think that's the best way to say it. And I can't speak for everyone, but for me, it caught up to me. I lost my job, lost my relationship, uh, wasn't present for my children. It was just a downward spiral. And until I was willing to, to recognize the fact that I was powerless over alcohol, and that, that that's the symptom of what's the cause and the cause being that, that I wasn't ready or had the tools to embrace and actually feel feelings. How's that in a nutshell? <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and thank you so much for your honesty. And so Craig, I want to dig a little deeper in police terms, like investigate this a, yeah. a little further, right? And right. so I just want to ask when you were in it and when you weren't able to process and you just kept at it, just kept going back to work, you kept showing up. Was there fear for processing emotions, Craig, for you? I just want to get curious. Is that, is that why you think you didn't feel because it, it wasn't safe to feel? Would your job be in jeopardy for you to be able to perform if you felt? I just, yeah, I just, I want to get curious around that. A couple of different things there. One is, and I, I say this a lot, and I, it, it's probably becoming one of my my token sins, is that uh, your ego is not your amigo. And, you know, it's certainly law enforcement in and of itself is a heavily ego-driven career. And so there's that side of it that uh, you didn't have to deal with feelings because, well, your ego said, well, you don't have feelings, you don't need to deal with them, you're tougher than that, and everything else. And that leads me into the, the mentality, and, and I think it's very prevalent even today, and it was extremely prevalent back in the 90s, about early 2000s when I was there, is that feelings, if you show feelings, 
your week. And even now, as I'm talking to you about it, I think about things that uh, if, if I was on a, a horrible call that said maybe involved an infant and, and something like that, that really should pull out a person's heartstrings, we can't show those emotions because if you show those emotions, not only will the people that I'm working with see that as a weakness, but also how about the people that you're there to help through that event? If they're emotionally upset and you're emotionally upset, are you able to actually do the job that needs to be done? Yeah, th- that totally makes sense. And and I get it. And so now that you were there, right, Craig, and obviously like these things do take a toll on first mm-hmm. responders and police force and SWAT and all of that. First, you're in recovery you've been away from that for a while. What made you, shall I say, choose to address this? Because a lot of times people will never, ever address feelings or any of that. So what was it that happened for you that you were like, you know, like, I need to address this. I don't need to have a big ego. I don't need to be that person. I think it took a bigger person. And internally, I had to realize this myself that It took a bigger person to realize that I needed help and to actually admit that I had a problem and to basically pull the cotton out of my ears, shove it in my mouth and actually listen and understand what was going on because the way I was handling it certainly wasn't working and it was affecting not only me, but it was affecting the concentric circles of of who I had influences on or... um, who I associated with. And ultimately, I had to actually stop and listen to my higher power and recognize that, that uh, my higher power was telling me that uh, you're not doing this correctly and I'm here for you and let's take this, this journey together. I love that. So then what has it been like for you? I would love it if you could share with everybody now that you've invited something bigger than you to help you with this. I can say for me, when I started feeling feelings, like it was super uncomfortable and I felt totally out of sorts, but it also started to make me essentially, I like to say, feel even just kind of more human and more at peace instead of just like feeling like I had to shove a part of me away. I, I kind of want to hear what has your experience been since you've been able to be like, okay, I feel this and I'm going to work through this instead of suppress it. <laughs> it's almost like the word recognition or when, as soon as you say something, I should just blurt out exactly what I'm thinking. Um, and when you say that, first thing that comes to my mind is, well, it sucks. Um, <laughs> <I can. laughs> and, and I'm eight months into this this journey. I've got a, a lot to learn. Thankfully, my higher power put me at a place that gave me unbelievable tools that when I was up there with Parmy, that it was the building of my foundation. I had tore everything apart. And it was time to rebuild. So I went to Harmony and we started working on building a stronger, more robust foundation in which to reconstruct how I am as a person. And it's going to be a constant building project every day. It's like one heck of a year to decide to get sober, but really there's never a great time. So the time is now, you know, move and do it. But it's been recognizing those feelings and it does suck and I do have difficulties but but the thing is that Michael is before where I 
would just immediately go to alcohol to squash those feelings. Now I'm allowing them to essentially come to the surface and I'm learning to recognize them that I, I joke a lot that uh, I'm still learning. Okay, I feel this way, but what, how does that, to be able to explain to you what that feeling is, is, is a part that I'm still trying to learn how to communicate what I'm feeling. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I love it. And so I just want to say now that you're in this, as far as when it comes to your state of mind, how is your state of mind for you now, just on a day-to-day basis versus when you didn't feel feelings? What has been the major differences that you have seen? Clarity. I'll just, I'll just throw that out. Uh, as, as you asked me the question, clarity is the first thing that comes to mind. Before, I would describe it as living in a, uh, a fog that I thought I knew how to handle situations and how to uh, formulate responses and all that. And now things are, are more clear that I'm able to, to actually listen, comprehend, and respond rather than react all the time. And that comes with the clarity of, of one, being in touch with myself and learning to understand who I am. And we alcoholics always like to control everything. And what I've been learning to do is to let go and let God and give things that I have no control over, give it to God. And I move on with the things that I do have that do matter and that, that I do have direct influence over and, uh, and being more present instead of worrying about all that other crap. Uh, one thing that really hit home that you just said was that feelings, they help you to understand who you are. And I love that because, you know, feelings, they're natural and feelings, like you said, they allow you to get in touch with who, with who you are. I think that's really awesome of you. And honestly, just profound to be able to say that they help me understand, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, who you are. And so with that being said, Craig, what are some things, or maybe even if it's just one thing that you could share with people that are listening, maybe it's a daily basis or weekly basis that, that allows you to help you to process your feelings instead of suppressing them. What is a tool or two that, that you love to use? Well, I I'll take back love but that you know you should use so that, <laughs> so that you don't go back to old habits. Check your ego at the door. Yes. Um, and, and everybody's got shit. I've been uh, attending um, AA meetings pretty religiously now since I got out of uh, Harmony. And with Zoom and all that, I've been able to, to someday, you know, some weeks I'll hit two or three meetings a day, whether one in person, two in person and, and whatnot. And what I've realized, what, you know, sitting at speaker meetings or, or just, you know, listening at these meetings is that we all have shit. It's understanding. And, and maybe it's because we're all in that, that brotherhood, that community that, that we all understand this now that we all got here somehow and it's all because of the shit that uh, we have in our backgrounds and being able to say, look at somebody like, look you in the face and be able to say, you got shit. I got shit. So, all right, here we go. And not trying to act like my shit doesn't stink or trying to be so egotistical and so in my own 
myself that I don't have any problems. We all have problems. Yeah. Oh, that was like freedom right there when you just said it. I love it. You got your issues. I got my issues. Like, it's cool. It's totally cool. Craig, I admire your ability to be able to just talk about this because I know it's not easy. If you could say something to the first responders that are listening to this podcast, that are living the life that you were living 10 years ago, what would you say to them about not suppressing feeling and inviting it? Right? Like, what would you say? You know, I struggle with this a lot because I'm still very ingrained in the law enforcement world. And it's going to take a a culture change, internal culture change. And when I talk about this, there's so many different influences that will affect this this process and this culture change, you know, um, whether you add in all the political stuff, because I have two really great friends that about a month and a half later went up to Harmony also that, uh, that are still on the, on the job. And I think really, if I were to say one thing to them is to uh, take a good look in the mirror, let the ego go. Cause at the end of the day, when we look in the mirror, you, you see exactly what's, what's going on. And uh, you know, we, we all know what's going on and it's being able to be honest with yourself and with your higher power and not worry about what everybody else is thinking that at the end of the day, it's God and I and giving it to God. And um, I don't need to worry about what everybody else is thinking. And that's, that's why I say, you know, your your ego is not your amigo. Your, Your ego is what's preventing you from being honest with yourself and being able to, to say, I need help. This is what I do have problems. And I do need somebody else's assistance with this. And that's probably the hardest thing is to be able to say, I need help. It's going to be a tough road to make those changes. I, I do have to uh, to give props to a buddy that I, I grew up with. It's now a chief of police out in the uh, Indianapolis metro area. And he is now mandating that every one of them speak with a counselor every week. And he's big on to the, uh, the substance issues that plague first responders. And it's things like that that will slowly change the culture from the inside out. For you and I, uh, Michael, if you and I were to go into a police department, even with my background, and we tried to, to present something like what we're presenting now or, or you know, just try to get through to them, we, we'd be looking at a bunch of uh, stone walls. They, they would shut down immediately so unless it comes from the inside and works its way out it's going to be a tough tough road to break through yeah no i hear you but i'm so glad that you're here to have that voice craig and to and to just start that ripple effect because again like i love doing these podcasts because you never know who's going to listen that's going to be that person that starts that change and so Again, I can't thank you enough for suiting up and showing up on this podcast and just being open. Because like I said, there's your type of demographic that I intro this episode totally exists. And you guys, here is Craig Kloppenberg here to let you know that he's been there. That doesn't work forever. It's going to derail you. And here is how you can, you can process. And here is how you can shift, make some shift happen, even still in it. So Craig, thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to uh, to come on here. 
do. It's what we do. I tell yeah. you, you know, we we make shit happen. We change people's state of minds. Whoop whoop. Ah, oh, so good, you guys. There you have it, Craig Klobenberg. I cannot thank you enough. And again, this is why we do this so that you can hear what you need to hear, get vulnerable, get honest with yourselves, and start to to implement things to be able to change your state of mind so that your state of mind works for you and allows you to be the best person possible instead of working against you, keeping you from your power. I want to go ahead and end this episode by reminding you that if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, please call the Harmony Foundation at 866-686-7867. Recovery is a journey and Harmony gives you the map. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. (laughs) 